and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast, we're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today's howling good episode is uh, one where we are going to be breaking down the 1985 film Teen Wolf, along with the 90s TV show Animorphs, and doing a casting of the movie Teen Wolf. Now... Before you all blast me and you start adding me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, (laughs) yes, I am well aware that there was a Teen Wolf cartoon that ran from, I believe it was 86 to 88. No, we are not going to really talk about it on this episode. Mainly, it's my fault. John kind of brought that (laughs) up. John kind of brought that up. Hey, remember they had a Teen Wolf cartoon, right? And I'm like, yes, I remember, but I didn't really watch it. Also, the animation, just kind of like, I just kind of briefly looked over it, and the animation looks really, really bad, and I've got to, I'm going to play this, I'm going to torture the people with this. That cartoon had maybe one of the worst theme songs I've ever heard. Hey man, say, don't be shy if it happens to you. (sighs) Hi, Grandpa. Good morning, Scotty. It's fun being different if you have a healthy attitude. Only my friends Booth and Styles know my hairy secret. I'm feeling hairy, and my teeth are mean. I got a weird complexion, and I, I want to scream. Teen Wolf, coming out to play. Teen Wolf, coming out to play. I'm a Teen Wolf. I'm on a howl today. Teen Wolf, on a howl today. Today. A werewolf family? You look sharp, Scott. It was god-awful. So fucking bad. But no, we are not going to talk about it. We are going to talk Animorphs because uh-huh. this is an animal-changing episode. And I really watched <laughs> Animorphs as a kid, so that's why I wanted to team that, with, uh, team that with Teen Wolf. I don't know. To me, it fit together. Yeah, I didn't want to do an all-Teen Teen Wolf episode. Maybe we'll get to the Teen Wolf show later. Unlikely because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we liked and we actually <laughs> watched that we'll get to much before that. But... Just, just so people don't start yelling and, and, you know, getting all their Teen Wolf panties in a bunch. This is just me, you guys. <laughs> this is just me because of my love for Animorphs. So, all right. That moving on, let's talk about 1985. We talked about 1985 <laughs> in our last movie episode, but there's got to be some more facts, I hope. Something else happened in that year. How about you tell us, John? Oh, I'm sure. So, the movie Teen Wolf came out on August 23rd of 1985, just over a month uh, from Back to the Future. Oh. So uh, Michael J. Fox was having a pretty big summer that year. Yes, 85 was obviously dubbed the summer of Fox. <laughs> the summer of Fox. The Billboard Top 100 song of that week is a great song uh, by Tears for Fears called Shout. Shout, shout. That is a good one. I like that one. I, I like some other Tears for Fears better, but that song is a solid ass 80s song. It, yeah, it makes that, everybody's 80s list. That's a. It's just a solid band. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all the all the hits they put out were great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think I might have mentioned this before, but I don't care. I'll throw it in anyway. Uh, 1985 was the debut of the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. Okay, I don't remember if you said it. Yeah, I forgot it. So that's awesome. 
one thing, kind of a, a downer thing, but it was a huge thing. Uh, Mexico City had an earthquake that was 8.1 on the Richter scale and killed 9,000 people. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. That is, yeah, that's definitely a downer. And to bring it back up a little bit, uh, just because Wimbledon is is finishing up today, actually, as we re- the day we record this, um, and because I just got back from Germany, I thought this tied into uh, what I just experienced. Uh, a German tennis player by the name of Boris Becker was the youngest person at the time to win Wimbledon at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bo- Boris Becker is sehr gut. He's uh, he's <laughs> quite he was quite good. Very cool. Yeah. And he's still uh, he's still pretty revered uh, over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Did they revere Teen Wolf in Germany? Did, were there big, like, statues of Michael J. Fox, you know, in, in transformation garb? No. No. And unfortunately, I saw nothing to indicate that David Hasselhoff is a big star there either. Oh, no, no. I refuse to believe it. He has some amazing hits. Have you have you heard his rendition of Doo? Oh, the Hoff. Now he's gone He's gone full circle and he's become cool again. The Hoff, yep. you know, now he's kind of like, he, he owns his uh, his cheesiness. Kind of like Rick Astley. Rick Astley right. like owns, you know, doing that kind of shit too. So, fantastic. Yeah, but I, I'm going to make this statement. Rick Astley's songs are actually good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I They're kind of in my uh, guilty pleasures because they're actually enjoyable. Right. Never going to give you up is fantastic. But I, I also loved uh, Together Forever. That's one that not enough people remember. Yeah. Together forever and ever your heart. Together forever and ever to part. Together forever we do. And don't you know I would move heaven and earth to be together forever with you. <laughs> All right, that was uh, some more from 1985. But before we get into the movie, uh, we have a couple new patrons, Adam. Ooh, that is Always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate your patronage from the bottom of my wolf heart. (laughs) Ben Green joined us at the Muppet Baby level. Uh, We're happy for all levels of sponsorship, so thank you so much, Ben Green, for that. Thank you, Ben. And then uh, some young lady by the name of uh, Kathleen Connolly joined us at the Golden Girl level. (laughs) Oh, a young lady by the... (laughs) uh, Well... I, I believe I've heard of this lady, and we are very, very appreciative of her. And the Golden Girl level means that she will do an episode with us at some point. Uh, and because, you know, that's our mother. <laughs> you know, you don't get much better than when you when you have the support of your friends and family, and your own mother is yes. uh, giving you some patronage. I don't know if it's uh, if it's irony or poetic that she joined us at the Golden Girl level. Yeah. I don't really think of her as being that old, but no. No, but she is. She's really old. Uh, All right. Well, Kathy, thank you for being a friend, and we appreciate you for birthing us and for giving us $15 a month. It's like like we have, like, an allowance again. This is awesome. I never had an allowance. No, I know. Me neither. That really, we we really weren't, like, I don't know. We we never really had the allowance kind of thing. We had to kind of work for our own. My son has bugged me about that. It's like, well, what did you get as an allowance when you were a kid? I'm like, I didn't get an allowance. Yeah. 
I had to work my ass for my own spending yep. money. Damn straight. And right now, we're going to work it hard by telling everybody about Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf from 1985. This movie was directed by Rod Daniel. Uh, he is a bit more of a prolific TV director. Uh, he kind of did quite a bit of episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, but other films that he's done are other stuff that's not that great, but fairly <laughs> dog-centric. Uh, he also directed the movie Canine with uh, Jim Belushi. From the 90s, if you remember that. I don't remember that one at all. You don't remember that? Okay. Jim Belushi was a cop, and he had a dog partner. It was kind of like, I think, running off the the hit of uh, Turner and Hooch and being like, all right, we need more cop dog movies. (laughs) So uh, he also did the movie Beethoven's Second. So uh, he... He jumped onto the animal-slash-dog bandwagon after Teen Wolf and just kind of rode with it. All right. This movie was written by the duo of Matthew Wiseman and Jeff Loeb. Matthew Wiseman and Jeff Loeb both worked on uh, the movie Commando, which we oh. will eventually get to for oh, damn yeah, yeah. sure. And then also they did uh, they wrote Teen Wolf 2, uh, which I'm sure Corey and I will eventually get to <laughs> Probably. Uh, on our sequels. <laughs> Which I'm excited to get to that one. I definitely enjoyed that one uh, as a kid, so I'm curious to see if it holds up. Um, But if that name Jeff Loeb rings a bell for anybody, and it sure as shit should if you're at least a comic book nerd at all like John and I are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Jeff Loeb is a super huge in the comic book world. He has written some amazing comics, including some of my absolute favorite Batman storylines, including Long Halloween Dark Victory, Haunted Night, and then Batman Hush, which was amazing. Oh. He's also written comics for Daredevil, Hulk, Spider-Man. And in 2010, Jeff Loeb became the executive vice president of Marvel Television. So he was in charge of, like, all the Netflix series, oh, all of, shit. like, the television series. Like, Jeff Loeb is doing a damn good job uh, just in the Marvel world. I really wish there wasn't this, you know, animosity that there appeared to be between Marvel Films and Marvel mm-hmm. TV because I really think that they did a great job with those Netflix series. Some of the seasons were maybe a little bit hit or miss, but yeah. with the with the with the possible exception of the Iron Fist season mm-hmm. 1. Yeah. I mean, season 2 was better than season 1, yeah. so I'm going to kind of uh, excuse that one, but mm-hmm. they everything they put out was quality. I agree. At least they, you know, they had great interesting characters. Um, the action was great. I mean, shit. See Daredevil season 1, that hallway scene. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you just yeah, oh, incredible. you're so amped up after that. Yeah, particularly seasons 1 and 3 of Daredevil were fantastic. Two was really good, too, though. All the seasons yeah. of Daredevil, really. Uh, season one of Jessica Jones, like, blew me away, as yeah. did Punisher season one. I really, really liked Punisher season one. I did, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, everything they did was at least solid, other than yeah. that Iron Fist first season. The, the um, first half of Luke Cage season yes. one was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. So, yeah. So, uh, we love you, Jeff Loeb, and I'm really excited to be talking about the best thing you've ever done, a.k.a. Teen Wolf. So, uh, Teen Wolf stars Michael J. Fox as Scott Howard. You gotta know Michael J. Fox, obviously, Back to the Future, uh, you know, Facts of Life, bunch bunch of different shit. Uh, James Hampton played his father, Harold Howard, uh, who James Hampton is probably best known for the old school, The Longest Yard, as well as in Sling Blade. Um, but he, you know, he's not as big of a name. Really, mm-hmm. this is Michael J. Fox and other people. <laughs> it's kind of this movie. <laughs> Susan Ursitti 
played Boof, and she's done a few other things, but really nothing I've ever heard of. And I, I was kind of surprised because she always looks she looks so familiar. She looks like the kind of like 80s, you know, next door neighbor girl that she's been in a bunch of different movies, but she really hasn't done too much other than Teen Wolf that I recognized. Right. So. And it looks like she hasn't done anything since 1997 either. Yeah. So, she, yeah, she's pretty much done. Jerry Levine plays Styles and... He hasn't really done too much acting. He actually, though, has become a very solid TV director, where he Hmm. directed episodes of Boy Meets World, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Monk, Everybody Hates Chris, uh, the recent Hawaii Five-O. So he's, yeah, really taken, you know, his acting and and adjusted it towards directing, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Arnold plays Mick, the antagonist, and he has done a lot of stuff, but nothing I really particularly remembered him from. And Lori Griffin played Pamela, the hot blonde, and she really hasn't done much else. So that's our main (laughs) cast. Okay. As the movie starts, we get some very ominous thumping over uh, these opening credits that are on on black. Uh, And suddenly we get a very bright light, and it's Scott's face kind of coming into frame. He's all sweaty, and it's a basketball game. And he's, like, doing free throws right now. Um, So like the thumping was kind of like, you know, kind of a tie in with the bouncing of the ball, maybe his heart too. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, now we kind of get into the game and we see right away that this team, one, they're called the Beavers, which, you know, is (laughs) not, not a very intimidating high school uh, mascot name. So that (laughs) is just kind of funny already. Um, But like this team and Scott, boy, do they suck. (laughs) (laughs) They are really bad. You guys suck. Uh, and they're playing this other team called the Dragons, which is a badass name. Right. Uh, I haven't really seen too many high schools name, nicknamed the Dragons, but I like that. They're utterly kicking their ass. We kind of briefly meet Styles. You know, in uh, he's up there in the stands. Uh, we also meet the Beavers basketball coach, who is an absolute atrocious basketball <laughs> coach. But I absolutely love him in this movie. Yeah. That guy, he is hilarious. He's got some fantastic lines that we will bring up later. He's just funny. How much he just doesn't give a shit about anything. He's just so apathetic. <laughs> I find <laughs> humorous. So at one point, Scott and this real like dick. You know, we find out he's his. It's Mick, uh, right. but like they're kind of jostling for the ball. Uh, and Scott lets out this growl. It's like it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like okay, all right. I guess guess we're gonna get a taste of things to come. But he shoots the ball and he misses, and it's the end of the game. And they suck. Uh, <laughs> not that it, if he had made the shot, not that it would have yeah. made any difference. <laughs> no, I think they had a total of like 12 points. It was 71 to 12. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking bad. In the locker room, we meet Chubbs, who is uh, just this, I don't know, uh, this side character who I feel like I can't remember other stuff that that guy has been in. He was in he was in a league of their own. Oh, yes. That's where I remember him best from. He's yes. the ad- adult Stillwell. Yes, Adult Stillwell Angel. That is correct. That's fantastic. Okay, that's good. But yeah, he's kind of like a character actor. You've seen him in, in quite a bit of different stuff. Uh, we also see that Scotty has this really long, weird chest hair. I wonder what that's about. I'm, I wonder if that's, that'll come back. And it does. <laughs> Scott goes to talk to his coach, telling him that he's going through some weird changes, uh, which obviously coach thinks is kind of puberty, kind of humorous, which all at, at right now... I guess we kind of think is the same, but granted, you, you know he's going to turn into a wolf. You saw that if you saw this movie, or you know, it's called Teen Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody saw the, the trailer or something. You saw the title. Yeah, exactly. And he kind of wants to quit basketball. One, because he sucks and it's just not fun. And he gets this ridiculous, like nonsensical advice story from his coach. <laughs> Look, uh, Scotty, I know what you're going through. 
A couple years back, a kid came to me much the same way you're coming to me now, saying to me pretty much the same thing that you're saying. He wanted to drop off the team. His mother was uh, a widow, all crippled up. She was scrubbing floors. She had, uh, had this pin in her hip. So he wanted to drop basketball and get a job. Now, these were poor people. These were, these were hungry people with real problems. You understand what I'm saying? What happened to the kid? I don't know. He quit. He's a third stringer. I didn't need him. It doesn't really make any damn sense. And he kind of, and Scott kind of walks out, but I guess he hasn't quit. I like how the coach, you know, had said, you know, my door is always open. Then as soon as someone comes in with a problem, yeah. <laughs> someone's like, listen, I got a lot of stuff here. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. He doesn't, he doesn't really want to do anything for the kids. No, I don't think he really no. wants to do anything at all. N- agreed. He, he is the embodiment of apathy in this movie for <laughs> sure. Uh, so Scott leaves. He meets up with Boof. Uh, Boof is a close friend. You know, they, they're kind of like, you know, they grew up being best friends and he doesn't really see her as uh, an object of desire, but she has kind of started liking him. Uh, it's just kind of like that, uh, the very standard, the boy doesn't know what he's got right in front of him kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Scott goes over to his dad's hardware store to do some work. We see that that this kid is like blowing something like a, like a weird whistle uh, and it's like it's destroying Scott's ears. It's really high pitch. It's really hurting. It uh, doesn't seem to be affecting anybody else. Scott ends up kind of chasing him and, and finding the kid, and it was a dog whistle. What the fuck? There's some weird <laughs> shit going on, John. I remember this scene quite well, the mm-hmm. the dog whistle scene. That was one of the, the scenes that kind of popped out. It was. I mean, it's good. You know, it's just they're very quickly setting up, uh, you know, that he's going to be changing pretty damn quickly. You know, we get the long hair. We get yeah. the dog whistle. We get the growling. It's just like, okay, they're not, they're not going to really pussyfoot around him changing. Compare it to something like um, An American Werewolf in London, which, fantastic movie. Absolutely love that one. We will eventually get to it, I'm sure, down the line, maybe for like a Halloween episode or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that one, that movie is all about like kind of the journey of of getting to that and the horror, uh, comedy horror of him becoming a werewolf and that transformation and whatnot. This one, they want to get to Teen Wolf as much as possible uh, and, and as quick as possible because, you know, him, him kind of making that transition and, and being the wolf is kind of what starts making this a more interesting movie. So, right. Uh, all right. At school, Scott is delivering some things for a school play. He's uh, working for the hardware store. He delivers something for a play. And here we kind of meet the asshole principal Thorn. He's uh, one of the side antagonists of the film. Um, also, Scott has some like weird hairy hands at some point as he's trying to hide them from uh, this girl he likes, Pamela, who is a terrible actress, a high school <laughs> actress in their play. Uh, they're doing, they're doing like what, like Gone with the Wind or some shit, something like that. At first, I thought it might be a streetcar named Desire, but then I realized it was probably uh, Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I think. I mean, they were doing like the whole burning of the plantation. I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Did you think it was weird? So I, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but so <laughs> she's rehearsing just with. It's just her and the theater director who's sitting out in the audience. Do you think it was weird that she called him by his first name? The director? Yes. Probably. He probably should have been a teacher. You know, it isn't well, don't don't they have their own drama department and that it, kind of thing? He he is a teacher. Yeah. Later on she she refers to him by his full name and then and then just says, "Oh, well, I just call him Kurt." Oh, okay. And so that makes me think, do you think there was something going on there? <laughs> huh. You know, I never 
I've never thought that before watching it. It's definitely possible. She seems like the kind of girl that that would, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's that was part of the reason that made me think that was was seeing kind of what she does later on in the movie. She kind of mm-hmm. solidifies that theory for me. Also, yeah. having been a teacher, I've just noticed that usually if a student is calling a teacher by their first name, even if there's no sort of like like there's nothing bad per se going mm-hmm. on, it usually means the relationship is too close. Yeah, I, I I agree. I I never called any of my teachers by the first name. I could think not no, never. Even fuck. No, even even like hell, my professor that I'm close friends with now, I still call him by his last name. Yeah. Well, I've I've uh you know, I've been out of high school for almost years now. And uh, <laughs> uh I and anytime I ever talk to my old band director, I still refer to him by Mr. Henderson. I don't call him Will. Even though he's yeah, insisted several times that I call him Will. I'm like, nah, I, yeah. I can't do it. I mean, because now your colleagues, you're both in the same profession. I mean, that would make total sense. But yeah, I, I get that too. It just that feels awkward to call to call him by the first name. Yeah, the relationship it probably has gone uh, farther. So yeah, you you probably found some subtlety in there. Uh, this you know we're talking about depth and subtlety in Teen Wolf. <laughs> you know they ha- it has it and stuff that you know you only figure out if you dissect the film. So good job, John. All right. So we also find out at this uh, at this rehearsal that Pamela, uh, she's apparently dating the asshole from the Dragons basketball team that, you know, we'll, we'll see him more and more our, and our, our antagonist, Mick. Um, but we cut to the local liquor store and Styles, uh, which I love Styles' style. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's why he's called Styles. But like, I don't know why the actor, maybe just because he, he looks like the same guy who played Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. I always thought, I thought for probably for a while that they were the same actor, but they're not. But like, it was as if Cameron and Ferris Bueller had a baby. Like that, that would be <laughs> Styles. <laughs> they kind of, he kind of looks like Cameron, but he acts much more Ferris Bueller, maybe even a little bit, a little bit stranger. <laughs> but I, uh, he's just got a fun, fun style. I would, he'd be a, he'd be the kind of guy I'd want to hang out with, but I probably, probably wouldn't. Yeah. But he seems to be friends with everybody. Like, every, Styles gets yeah. along with everybody. So. Yeah. But at this uh, liquor store, Styles is, you know, trying to buy a keg of beer. And the local liquor store owner is just like, no, fuck no. He shoots him down right away. <laughs> so he's, he's having none of it. Yeah, not even a little. Uh, at home, Scott tells his dad that he wants to quit basketball and he wants to join drama, uh, which we know is uh, to get closer to Pamela. Mm -hmm. And in comes Styles, and he grabs Scott. And we get a funny line from Styles where Scott is kind of noticing different hair in uh, random places. And Scott asks Styles, Do you know anything about a rash that's going around? Why, you looking to catch something? Oh, I'm serious. No. But I uh, heard Mr. Murphy, you know, the shop teacher? Yeah. Got his dick caught in a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) <laughs> that kind of comes out of nowhere, right. and I kind of want to stop and just, like, talk about that line. It just, one, it's just kind of random. It's just a funny masturbation, vacuum, suck humor, whatever. But, like, that is a line I don't remember at all in the film. And I think it's very, very likely that is a line that might have been cut for, like, the TBS or syndication viewing, the TV viewing of the show that ran on, like, regular cable. Yeah. And so, for me, I find it kind of fun when I'm rewatching these movies and I'm getting some lines that were obviously cut out or changed or whatever for the TV version, because that's obviously that's where we mostly watched this stuff when we were younger. You know, we didn't have a huge VHS collection. We had we had some, but 
mostly we watched stuff when it was on TBS or TNT or USA or whatever. And that's where we got a lot of our love for some of these films. And I just, I kind of find it enjoyable now when I'm rewatching them as an adult. And it's like, it's like I'm getting deleted scenes, you know, <laughs> I'm getting shit that I didn't know before, but they, but it fits in and it's works and, it, and it's funny. Um, and so it's just kind of like, okay, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy seeing the shit that, you know, I understand better as an adult or I find them funnier as adult, um, but I'm only getting them now, uh, which is just kind of like a nice little, nice little twist. Right. So Styles convinces Scott to go to the liquor store and he wants him to try and buy slash rob the, the liquor store for <laughs> uh, beer, which I believe, you know, is it, uh, it's at least a misdemeanor. If not, I probably not, but may, might be, might be a felony. Yeah. It might be a felony, you know, having a fake gun and trying to rob a, a liquor store. But uh, at the register, uh, once the guy sees Scott, he immediately goes back into like that. I don't give a fuck mode uh, and asks for his ID and Scott ends up fantastically his voice is he's kind of like similar to that growl that he got earlier his voice gets very low his eyes turn red and he says give me a keg of beer and the dude is scared shitless and so he goes and gets it and i i love to kind of quote that line on my own when I, <laughs> and though i try to say it as much as i can like he does in the movie right. i want a keg of beer and just I don't know uh, for some reason that the way he that inflection and that lower voice always kind of you know I don't know I, I wanted to imitate it. Apparently, all the growling sounds were done by uh, Rod Daniel, the director. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, the one thing I don't get though, he says, "Give me a keg of beer," and then he also goes, "And these." And I can never tell what the fuck and these are. They're not cigarettes. It looks like it's just like a fucking like Twinkie or something. Could you ever, could you tell what it was? Because it doesn't come back. No. Okay. I think it was just like a, maybe a sugary snack or something. Yeah. So as they drive towards the party, uh, Styles has them pull over and he wants to do some surfing on the van. And here we get a fantastic scene that we will also get later. But we get Styles jumping on Scott's van and... The Beach Boys surfing USA plays, and Styles starts surfing on the van. It's just, it's awesome. Like we all wanted to recreate this when we were younger. Have you, have you ever surfed when you're like van surf? Oh hell no, hell no, no. <laughs> no. I would, I want to. I hell, I still kind of want to. If someone wants to let me do it, uh, I might be willing to do it and be stupid. If you look on the credits, and I think I'm right on this. I'm pretty sure that this Beach Boys song is the only not original song written for the movie. Oh, interesting. I, All yeah. the other songs that play during the the, uh, the movie were written mm-hmm. by the composer. Interesting. Even even the other ones that were like very kind of pop esque. Yeah. Yeah, they're all huh. written. They're all written as uncredited, written by, but it's the composer who's written them all. Yeah, and he has this one other guy who's written all the lyrics, and he's gotten different people to sing mm-hmm. the songs. Okay. I like that. It's also probably why the rest of the songs aren't as good as right. uh, Serpent USA 2, uh, which we'll definitely notice. So they probably blew all their money money budget on the Beach Boys. Yeah, very, very likely. So at one point, Scott kind of notices he's got pointy ears. And so now, okay, shit's just really going crazy with his, uh, his kind of transformation, uh, which he still doesn't understand yet at this point. So they make it to the party. And uh, Scotty, he wants to talk to Pamela. Obviously, he's obsessed with this girl. Uh, but she shoots him down, like, immediately. You know, she, she, <laughs> she is not even having it, which I don't blame her. Scotty's kind of a dork, and 
she's kind of, uh, you know, above his level. But uh, then we get a scene of some party games, which I always enjoyed this scene. One, because I always wanted to do like parties like this. And, I, and I've done some. I've done some. Not, <laughs> not to this extent, though. Like right. this styles. One, also, they were like college parties, which I feel is like. You know, this seems much more like a college party than a high school party. I did not go to any high school parties. I was probably like you enough, too. Like, we were band nerds, mostly. Like, we were good kids. Yeah. I never went to any high school parties where, they, you know, we were playing Seven Minutes in Heaven or, like, what Styles does here is he has, you know, two people tied together in foam. <clears throat> he has uh, Chubby eating jello out of a girl's bra. Uh, right. And he has, uh, yes, yeah, Sc- uh, Scotty and Boof do two minutes in heaven. And I never did any of those pretty much until uh, some college times. But did you do anything like that in high school? Maybe a couple games of spin the bottle. And that was about it. Yeah. And that and that would that would be very, very tame compared to what was going on at this party. Yes. But it always seemed like a cool party. And I, I always wanted to be at those kind of cool parties. And I didn't really get to be in high school. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as a nerd. Eh, uh, made yeah. up for it in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did my worth of drinking in college, that's <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, while Scotty and Boof are kind of doing their two minutes in heaven, uh, one, also, Boof, you know, realized she called out a name that she didn't pick out from the hat she wanted, Scott. And right. so she kind of, you know, it just shows she likes him and, you know, she wants to... She wants more than just their friendship. Uh, and at one point, they start making out a little bit. And uh, Styles opens up the door. And then, you know, he's kind of pushing a little. He's getting a little too animalistic. Right. Uh, Scotty is. Uh, and Styles opens up the door. And Boof kind of walks out. And we see that she's got these scratch marks. Her, her <laughs> shirt is torn in a perfect, like, claw fashion, which is nice. You know, we're just getting all these this setup after setup after setup of the werewolf is coming. The werewolf is coming. Right. Scott heads back home and he kind of seems to be sick. His dad is worried. You know, maybe he's got a little bit of a hangover from the alcohol or something. Uh, Scott's in the bathroom and he's starting to get fangs. Now his hair is growing. His claws are growing. And then we see his full transformation into the werewolf garb, the teen look, the teen wolf garb. Uh, And, you know, Scott says, Jeez Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Like, in all honesty, he takes these changes and becoming Teen Wolf immediately very, very well. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if... It, it seems almost like having werewolves in this society is a somewhat rare, but not uncommon thing. <laughs> like, they all know it's a possibility or something. It's, right. you know, it's like, okay, well, that kid's got freckles and red hair. And, well, this kid uh, has to wear glasses. Oh, and there's our teen wolf in our in our class. And here's our <laughs> other kid who's, uh, you know, just a little bit shorter than everyone else. But I don't know. It just, <laughs> just seemed very, very natural that he just, oh, he, oh I happen to be a, ter- a wolf. Darn. <laughs> uh, but... We get a good, really good scene where he and his dad, his dad confronts him about being a wolf because he's a wolf as well. And it passes down genetically uh, that he sometimes it can skip a generation. But uh, I do want to say I really, really like the look of Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job. The makeup looks fantastic. Um, it's it's obviously a werewolf, but it's not like, you know, they did it, you know, exact perfect for this type of movie, obviously, where, you know, you still want to root for the werewolf. He's not this scary creature. He is cool. He's suave. He's in control, mostly. I, I just I just think, and it also, you know, it, it doesn't really look like Michael J. Fox in there. I assume it is, but like, you know, it, it just for the for the most bits, I, I'm a big fan of, of what they did uh, with his makeup. Yeah. 
the dad though he's got like a, like a almost like a fro poofy kind of face he's <laughs> a very white face uh and he looks almost completely different anyway also the dad gives him a very spider-man-esque line at one point right uh he basically tells him hey this is this is great power but with this great power comes a great responsibility and it's like oh shit where have i heard that before when you want it you're gonna have great power and with great power goes a greater responsibility totally ripped off uncle ben <laughs> uh but uh we then move to school and at his locker uh pamela actually talks to him at this point she says something's different about him um and boof is kind of a little bit jealous but i guess i guess his uh wolf pheromones are kind of coming out of him right now he's he's feeling a little bit a little bit confident a little bit different and uh in class scott is just distracted by wolves the entire time he's like hearing about wolves all day or seeing like you know pictures of wolves or whatever he's just he's he doesn't like that he's a wolf right now and in one point his claws come out because he's stressed and he uh, runs to the bathroom and for some reason i always thought this was weird but funny that the entire floor was like super watered down with mop water and he has to run through it we get some good like physical kind of comedy of him like running through the mop water and i and i love that run but for someone that works in schools do they really mop that heavily during the middle of class no, not usually. I didn't think so. I thought they would wait till like after school is done or before school's done or before school's up or whatever. But like the entire an entire wing of the school is like drenched in like an inch thick of water. Right. <laughs> it was unnecessary, but it adds a good comedic value as he's running through the water and he's trying to find a bathroom so he can hide uh, and try and like not change. At one point he sees the principal uh, and so, you know, just kind of reestablishing that this principal is another antagonist and you know he's he's just trying to find something to to catch Scott doing for some reason he doesn't like him which you don't really know quite yet why he doesn't like him right we just think he's a you know he just seems so far as like he's the standard asshole you know principal vice principal who doesn't like anybody yeah very 80s trope <laughs> yeah. on that much like uh back to the future right. much like uh breakfast club Tons of them. Ferris Bueller, tons, tons of different 80s movies. He's just another one of those. Fast Times, the Regiment High. Yes, yeah. He's just like that. Uh, at Styles' place, uh, he's trying to... Uh, Scott's trying to tell him that he's a werewolf. So as Scott's trying to tell Styles, like, you know, what's happening, we get a very dated scene here where Styles thinks he's trying to tell him that he's gay and uh, that he can't handle it if, he was, if Scott was gay. Uh, but he doesn't use... He doesn't say, are you gay? He says, right. you know, the other word, he says the F word on it. It just, it just kind of definitely dates you back to, uh, all right, all right, this was an 80s movie, and I'm that that is a scene that probably gets cut out for TV version uh, and, and for the betterment of, of it. It just doesn't, it's not needed, that scene. So. Right. But uh, Scott changes right in front of Styles to kind of prove it, and Styles loves it. Like he is like in he is a fan of Teen Wolf. So basically I'm gonna I'm gonna separate the two characters when it's Michael J. Fox, regular, I'm gonna call him Scott. When he is in the wolf, I'm gonna call him Teen Wolf. Okay. Of course, Styles being Styles, he wants to exploit Teen Wolf for his game. You know, he's he's excited about it. Scott goes back home and Boof is there kind of randomly playing basketball with Harold. Just hanging out with the dad. I thought that was kind of strange, but I mean, I guess they, they're probably neighbors and, you know, they've known each other for a long time and uh, that, you know, his Scott's dad really likes Boof and he wants he wants Scott and Boof to get together. And I totally get that. They, they would be a good couple. I hope they get together in the end, John. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, but Scott walks Boof home, uh, and they have a little bit of a heart-to-heart, but Scott pretty much ends up telling her that she wouldn't understand what he's going through, and you know they're just slightly frustrated with each other. At uh, the next basketball game, things start off very slow for the team. You know, Scott is he's getting fouled, he's missing free throws. Then, in the second free throw, he kind of taps into his werewolf power, power, and he sinks one. And Pamela is there with Mick randomly. Like, I have no idea why the fuck Mick is watching this game. It's not against the Dragons. I have no idea why Pamela is there, why she watches her high school team's shitty basketball game. That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> but whatever. At, at one point, Scott ends up stealing the ball, and a whole pileup happens. And this is where, this is like the scene where Scott is obviously stressed out from the pileup, and he fully turns into the werewolf in front of everybody. And everybody's just kind of, like, blown away. They're like, holy shit, and they're standing back. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then Scott, like, lets out a yell, and he runs down, and then slam dunks the ball into the basket. And he's like, does this really cool spin. Love that. (laughs) Love he's doing spin. Obviously, werewolf powers equal awesome basketball skills. That's what happens. Everybody knows that. That's immediately what happens when you become a werewolf. And then he hands the ball off, and then they start playing. We get a kind of a cheesy song playing, and we uh, have a montage of the Beavers now slaying it uh, and just kicking butt on the basketball court. Well, well Teen Wolf. Teen yes. Wolf is kicking butt on the basketball court. <laughs> In a diner at the end of the game, uh, everybody's excited. You know, they kind of like carry in Teen Wolf and bringing him, you know, out there. And uh, we get a very perfect, it's a perfect trailer shot of Teen Wolf. Uh, they give, they hand him a beer in the middle of a diner. They hand him a yeah. beer and he bites it with his fangs. It kind of squirts out on either end. It's, it's, you know, to me, one of the more nostalgic shots of the movie or just like that right. moment where he does that. It's just, it's very cool <laughs> and it's very <laughs> unique to Teen Wolf. Uh, But now that Scott is Teen Wolf and he's confident in being Teen Wolf in front of everybody, things are going great for him. And we just kind of get a montage, you know, I think that same song. uh, And we kind of see that, you know, he's just doing, he's doing great at everything. He's doing better in school. uh, He's doing great in basketball. But also, we also kind of see his ego is growing too. And he's becoming maybe a little bit of a dick. Which, to be fair, in high school, if anyone all of a sudden got a whole bunch of you know, positive attention, mm-hmm. I can totally see that happening to pretty much anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard to keep your ego in check when you're all of a sudden getting that random attention where before you weren't used to it at all. And so, but I, I can just hope by the end of this movie, maybe he will be able to keep his ego in check uh, and he'll become a better person for it. So we'll have to wait and see if, if that happens, John. <laughs> all right. So Pamela tells Scott that uh, they made a part for him in this play uh, because, you know, she's an attention whore and she wants to have uh, Teen Wolf in the play. Uh, And so he is playing some union general and we're at this dress rehearsal and he's awful. He plays an awful (laughs) actor pretty well. And she's an awful actress too. I mean, they're both actor and both of them are playing, you know, high school shitty actors and it kind of works pretty well. Yeah. Then backstage, Pamela uh, is kind of like working him up 
you know, and she's she's out there in just like her, her in her underwear, and uh, kind of she ends up seducing him, and she fucks Teen Wolf in the dressing room of uh, of the backstage area or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Good for Scott, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to think. I guess. But she's she's an, not a good person. It's that's obvious. We all yes. know that she's dating Mick at this point, and so it's like okay, I guess I guess she's done with Mick, and now she's going on to Teen Wolf. So that's kind of strange. The next scene is Teen Wolf and Pamela go bowling, and Mick's there. Apparently, Pamela set that up. She knew that Nick was going to be there, so she t- decided to go with Teen Wolf because, I don't know, I, I really hate this Pamela person. She is, she is like the worst kind of yeah. person ever. Uh, she's, she's trying to get Mick jealous by dating Teen Wolf and sleeping with him or whatever. Ugh, she's awful. And Sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. In the, in the next scene, he talks to her about going to uh, the dance, mm-hmm. and she's like, well, I have a boyfriend. Like, seriously? Yeah. Like, we just slept together, and we just bowled in front of your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, seriously? Exactly. Who The boyfriend even, like, confronted them, uh, and she kind of stuck with Teen Wolf. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's this, That part awful. makes no sense at all. No, she's an awful person. I mean, it really, it, they're just trying to, I guess, you know, make us hate her, and it works really well. So I absolutely dislike her. Ugh, she's a bitch. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> At the at the next basketball game, it's obvious that the team is getting frustrated and they really don't they, they don't get a play. It's not fun for them. Obviously, winning might seem fun at the beginning, but you know if you're not actually doing anything, it's not fun. It's like if I'm playing someone who sucks really bad at something and I'm like dominating, it's not as fun. Like competition is fun, and they're not getting any competition. Right. And coach has a good line here. It doesn't matter how you play the game; it's whether you win or lose, and even that doesn't make all that much difference. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just being a douchey coach. But he does, man, he does have some of the best lines. After the game, he gives Scott good advice because he's, you know, you know who's because Scott's noticed that his former friends are now pissed at him. Uh, and the coach tells him this fantastic advice. There's three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who's got the same first name as a city. And never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now, you stick with that. Everything else is cream cheese. Great game there, Scotty. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> uh, I can appreciate that. But I, yeah, I, I do I do very much enjoy him as a side character. <laughs> Styles has now gotten like this big van that he calls the Wolfmobile. Uh, you know, he kind of, he's just trying to exploit Teen Wolf for as much money as he can. Uh, and so he wants to do some surfing. But this time... Teen Wolf is the one who hops on the van. And again, we get Surfing USA playing, and he's doing some flips and shit. And he does like this long ass handstand, uh, which always kind of looks kind of cool on the van. But, you know, he kind of he takes up the, uh, the surfing, the urban van surfing to another level. Yeah. And at the same time, yeah, Scott's dad is kind of upset that Scott isn't uh, using great responsibility along with this great power, this great high school basketball power that he's been given and, and the ability to do handstands on top of vans. <laughs> he's being a little bit too uh, open about it, and uh, he's not he's not respecting it. We also get the story why the, the vice principal, Thorne, hates, why he hates Scott. Basically, it stems from Thorne and... Harold were both going after the same girl who happened to be Scott's mother. But, you know, they started to fight about her. Things got physical and Harold turned into the wolf and the principal apparently 
lost his bodily functions. <laughs> so he apparently pissed himself or crapped himself. It's funny. Uh, which, honestly, I really did like that because it made me think and realize I went back to the scene where Scott became the wolf for the first time uh-huh. uh, in the basketball game. And there's a quick shot of you see the principal who kind of like sees it. He gets eyes big and he steps back. But I wanted to recheck it out because I realized that besides just doing that, the principal also moved his hand. You don't, he's kind of like his lower half of his body is covered, but you see him move his hand as if he's moving his hand to his junk to try and like cover up that he either pissed himself or hold, stop himself from peeing himself. Like (laughs) they have, they, they put that in there, you know, as like a subtle little thing of, you know, okay, whenever this guy sees a werewolf, he pees himself. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's, it's subtle. You don't really notice it at the beginning until you like hear that line and you're like, Oh wait, the principal did see him and he did freak out and his hand did move down there. Uh, So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's another little bit of that subtlety in this movie about that depth that Teen Wolf depth, and uh, it's just fantastic. <laughs> but it, once again, the dad kind of warns Scott about abusing the power. In the morning, Boof is there, and she walks to school with Scott, uh, and he asks her to the dance, uh, but she says yes only under the condition that Scott takes her to the dance and not the Teen Wolf, uh, which Scott doesn't want to do. He wants the attention, and so they... Don't end up going. He's, you know, he's like, all right, you still save a dance for me, but I got to go as the wolf. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay. It's like, God damn it, Scott. Just realize that Boof is the perfect girl for you, you motherfucker. She liked you before <laughs> you were the wolf. <sighs> all right. So we cut to Scott getting ready for the dance and we get a very kind of Bee Gees-esque stand alive type of music going on. Uh, but I like, I like this scene, this little bit of him kind of getting ready for the dance and he's putting on this fucking like white suit, almost like a disco-y looking kind of suit. Right. Uh, and he's like blow drying his hair. You know, he says a line to himself, which is fantastic. He's right. You are an animal. just getting ready i love that line it's cute man so we get to the dance and when he walks in he like immediately signals the dj like i wish i was cool enough to just like walk into a dance signal the dj and they will stop whatever they're playing and play whatever the fuck i pretty much told them to play or play something just for me right so because the dj had whatever this song like fully queued up Uh, And he starts, like, busting out these thriller-esque moves, and everybody joins in on him, Uh, you know. And this song is actually pretty cute. It's something going on about a big bad wolf. At one point in the dance, Teen Wolf and Boof are like, uh, they go, kind of, they step aside and they go make out. Uh, and he turns back into Scott. And Boof wants him to stay that way for a little bit. Uh, and so they're out on the dance floor, just kind of dancing together. And Mick, being a complete asshole idiot, like, he's actually not even provoked at all. Scott is just dancing with Boof. He's not over with Pamela at all. Right. But Mick is so angry, I guess, about previous times that he goes over to him and he punches him in the face. And because of that, uh, Scott turns back into Teen Wolf and he just starts shredding 
makes clothes off, yeah. you know, his shirt off and whatnot. Um, he doesn't actually hurt him. He just kind of shreds his clothes off and it kind of humiliates him a little bit. But this kind of makes Scott realize that the teen wolf, the, the animal instincts, the rage of the wolf uh, are taking a little bit too much control. And he needs to have that great responsibility with the great power. Mm-hmm. Vice Principal Thorne sees it, and he's like, all right, man, you 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 were a part of a fight. He's ready. He wants to expel the kid um, because he's he's looking for any excuse to, to kick Scott out of school. But luckily, Scott's dad comes into the dance or comes into, like, the hallway and confronts Thorne. Uh, and he does a fantastic job. He doesn't turn into the into his wolf at all. Like no. he's so calm and cool, and I love the way that he intimidates Vice Principal Thorne. Yeah. For some reason, it's like that's that's kind of how cool I want to be. Like yeah. people yeah. just know I could I could kill him if I wanted to, but <laughs> I don't have to. Right. I just I just make them piss themselves, which is right. exactly what happens. Yep. Never learn, be rusty. You stay away from me. I want you to leave my son alone. He's a good kid. He's just having a tough time right now. Okay? I knew I could count on you, Rusty. Uh, We now cut to the stage another dress rehearsal is going on again it's just pamela and, and the director like, apparently no one else is in this entire fucking play uh and scott's there in in garb not teen wolf and honestly at this point i kind of really forgot about the play i was like i don't why is he even still doing the play because you know he knows things are done with pamela right uh, i don't really give a shit about it i kind of wish they just kind of Left gave it. up on it but you know, this is kind of, I guess, where Scott is also kind of showing more that he's got re- more responsibility over the wolf. And he ends up quitting the play because they want the wolf and not him. And so he's like, nah, fuck that. I'm done. Styles is also upset because, you know, he wants more of the wolf. And Scott's just trying to to do his own thing. Uh, but Styles really wants to exploit him for money. I mean, what a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Now it is the basketball championship game. The uh, On the back of the Teen Wolf, the Beavers have made the championship game. Uh, and Scott doesn't want to play as the wolf. He wants to play as himself. They are losing pretty badly, and Scott wasn't originally going to play, but he walks in uh, as just himself, and everyone's like, okay, shit, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you, we want you as the wolf, but doesn't doesn't end up happening. One thing I do want to call out is the ref on this basketball game, he sucks ass because... <laughs> Mick, you know, even even before Scott gets in there, Mick is doing these flagrant fouls. Like they're not just regular fouls. If you get five fouls, you get kicked out of the game. That even kind of comes up in the movie. Right. But if you're doing flagrant fouls, the ref can kick you out. And I'm sure for high school, it's got to be like even one and you're out. Right. And so it's like, what the fuck? Like Mick, Mick was like bull rushing, almost tackling people. <laughs> and right. he was getting away with just like a regular foul. And it just, he's a shitty ass ref. But uh whatever so scott you know he wants to to join in and he joins with the team and he kind of you know he doesn't want to switch and he gives this team uh this whole little like pep talk i think we can take these guys that's terrific scott now when do we get to see the wolf no chub i mean it i think we can win this but this is the championship now it doesn't matter how we got here we're here and if we're gonna win we gotta pull it off ourselves you don't need the wolf they kind of start 
playing and Chubby makes a basket and, you know, oh, they get all excited and they start building momentum and like, oh shit, okay, you know, maybe they can do it. And we get this weird kind of David Bowie ripoff song. I'm sure that the guy who did the music, because you said he wrote it, Mm-hmm. He wrote all these songs with other people singing. Uh, this the guy who sings this is called Mark Saffin, but the song is called "Win in the End." And it just, it seems like a very cheesy-esque montage song as they're playing the game. One thing that also kind of bothered me is, like, during this montage as they're trying to, as the beavers are fighting back from, you know, being down so much at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, we definitely see some of the same same shots used over again. Yeah. Uh, and also some of the same setups. Like, it's not the same shot, but it's like... It's exactly the same setup that they did, just a different camera angle from it. It's like, oh, wait, no, I saw that exact move already happen, and yet it's happening again just from a different angle. Uh, So I guess maybe they ran out of basketball footage (laughs) just... Just had to kind of reuse it for it. But um, so the game is getting closer and closer. And as the seconds tick down, Mick performs his fifth foul and he should be kicked out of the game. But he isn't really. They, they let him just stand there for some fucking reason. Right. Uh, and he performs this foul on Scott. And so Scott gets to take two shots to end the game. Uh, and he sinks the first one. And that's to tie it. And he's all super excited about that. And for the second one, he throws it up. And honestly, I kind of forgot. I thought I remember him doing a little bit of like the, you know, the the wolf growl or something before just to kind of like make sure he sinks it. But he doesn't. He didn't. He yeah. just used his natural Scott ability <laughs> and he took the shot. And uh, if the song win in the end wasn't foreshadowing enough, <laughs> he makes the shot. They win the game. And yay. We get this really fucking cheesy song playing called Shootin' for the Moon that is sung by Amy Holland. Fans rush the court. Yay, they won. Scott rejects Pamela and goes to Booth. So now, yay, the relationship that we were rooting for and wanting the entire time has now actually ha- happened. And then we cut to a wide shot of the crowd. <laughs> In this wide shot, oh yes, John, we have one of the biggest Hollywood bloopers of all time. Really? Do you know what this one is? No. Oh, you're going to have to go back and watch this. After, you know, he sinks it and the crowd has kind of rushed the court. We cut to the wide. The dad is kind of walking down the uh, stands to kind of come join Scott. But right behind the dad, this one extra has his fly unzipped and his dick out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you see as the shot goes, he's kind of like tucks himself back in and zips up his pants. But I think it's blurred because it, it's not like a sharp dick. So I'm fairly <laughs> certain that for the DVD, they have blurred it a little bit, but it's unmistakable the guy has got like his pants open and his dick out of his underwear and he's kind of like put to stuffing it back in and i'm just like holy shit i mean it is honestly it's fucking hilarious <laughs> and it's really hilarious that that went for like so long without being noticed or like that people don't know about it 
But yeah, if you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on anywhere. Like this guy, and it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. And like that's all you look at when you see this scene again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is how we end the movie on a hilarious extras dick out. <laughs> Pretty much, or you know, they won the game, and and it's on the wide shot. So all right. uh, it's it's insane. Um, I think we can go into our final thoughts. I mean, we kind of went through it fairly quickly, but you know, I guess not not all that quick. We're mm-hmm. how about you start us with your final thoughts on Teen Wolf? It was okay. It was a little slow at times. I didn't come away with it uh, as fondly as I remember having watched it when mm-hmm. I was a kid just because I think some of the jokes were a little dated and didn't land with me, but it wasn't bad. I was mm-hmm. able to get through it without any problem. I just kind of, at, by the end of it, I was like, kind of glad it was done. It was a little slow. <laughs> I apologize. I'm very jet lagged, so my my okay. thought process is, is a little, it's a little yeah. slow right now. That's okay. Uh, we had very similar thoughts on this movie. So, okay. I mean, I definitely remember liking this one when I was a kid. Uh, it was the kind, it's almost kind of like an 80s classic when I think about it. It's like, oh man, I definitely, I mean, Teen Wolf, it's not as big as like Breakfast Club or Fast Times Ridgemont High or whatever. But like, to me, Teen Wolf is an 80s classic. Uh, rewatching it again, there are some moments that I definitely still look fondly at. I, I like the biting the can. I like the surfing on the car. I love the coach and his apathy. But mostly, as an adult, I felt like, it's very similar. I felt this was a bit slow, and the movie was nothing special. Yeah, It's not a great movie by any means, but it's not terrible. It's not a bad movie. In all honesty, kind of my recommendation is probably for people to not really rewatch this one. You know, I, I don't think it, it really needs to be rewatched. It... it Probably will just stay better if it's just kind of kept in your nostalgia. It, it's fine, you know. It's not. It's not hurting the film really all that much rewatching it, but it does kind of make it realize like, okay, this wasn't as great as I remember, but it's yeah. still it's still okay. You know, it's still Michael J. Fox deservedly, you know, did did a great job, and he deservedly, you know, became a star partly with this one and Back to the Future. It's nothing, nothing amazing. Apparently, Michael J. Fox hated this movie so much he refused to do the sequel. <laughs> that's that's why we get uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, Jason Bateman instead of him. Yep, that's funny. Oh wow, I wonder why because it's not it's not a yeah it's not a movie I hate by any means, but interesting. <laughs> All right, and that was Teen Wolf. Oh. <laughs> All right, now we are going to talk Animorphs. This is the show that aired from 1998 to the year 2000. It had two seasons, 26 episodes, which is really not all that much. I thought it went a little bit longer than that because I definitely watched Animorphs. Uh, It was based on a series of children's books written by Catherine Applegate and her husband, Michael Grant. Uh, They were writing in the kind of under the name together of K.A. Applegate, and it was published by the Scholastic uh, series of books. Uh, They were published between June 1996 and May 2001. And the series consisted of 50, 54 books altogether. Um, and I totally remember the books. I read them. Uh, I really remember the covers. I don't remember if you kind of uh, see the covers, but it's always like mm-hmm. a kid morphing into an animal and you kind of get this long uh, stretch of them kind of morphing into them. Um, and, you know, for me, you know, I, I was definitely a, a fan of animals when I was a kid. I actually wanted to be a zoologist was one of like the first careers I remember wanting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I, I kind of 
remember my career path and I feel like it, I kind of can track it to where I am now, which is, you know, working on, you know, video uh, and that kind of thing is where to me, I always say it starts with wolves. Yeah. I loved wolves when I was a kid and I don't know why wolves quote unquote spoke to me <laughs> as they did. <laughs> I had posters of them on the, on my walls. I think I even had a tape of like wolf sounds every, and I didn't really play that all that much, but I did. I, I had a mom got me a, uh, sponsored a wolf for me. I think for my birthday one year, the wolf's name was Amani. Uh, I totally remember that <laughs> it was the beta wolf. And then eventually it became the alpha wolf because woot woot Amani, uh, it was at the Nez Perce tribe. I totally, I think, I think that was in like Illinois or something, but I, I, uh, or maybe it was South Dakota. I can't remember, but I totally remember all that. Uh, I just loved wolves. I had books about wolves and whatnot. And so the Animorph series really spoke to me uh, because, you know, wanted to be a zoologist. Even, even I think I've mentioned this before, even my AIM screen name was Alpha Wolf 88. So mm-hmm. I, I really liked wolves. <laughs> That's why I think this, this movie or this book series and then also this show spoke to me because it was about like teens, early, early teens. And this came out when I was 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. So this was like perfect for me when I was a kid. Um, did you watch this show at all? Have you had any nostalgic value for this one? I have no memory of the show at all. Okay. Do How about the book series? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so this is, everything was blank going yep. into this one for yep. you. Okay. I mean, it's, it's later. I mean, you graduated in 99. Yeah. Uh, so you were definitely too old for this series. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this show stars Sean Ashmore as Jake. Sean Ashmore, I hope, I'm sure you recognize, he was mm-hmm. Iceman slash Bobby Drake in the X-Men series of films from 2000 till whenever. Everyone else is a little bit is much lesser known. Brooke Nevin played Rachel. She's been in plenty of stuff and is still kind of working today, but nothing huge I could see. Boris Cabrera played Marco. Nadia uh, Nascimento played Cassie. And Christopher Ralph played Tobias. All of them have done some stuff, but uh, not much else and nothing I really recognized from the three of them. But those were our main five kids in the show. It was something I thought was interesting that I didn't really realize before. But uh, like a lot of other Nickelodeon shows, this was actually produced in Canada. Ah. Uh, which we I think we mentioned it with Are You Afraid of the Dark or other shows like uh, You Can't Do That on Television or other stuff. Like they're actually Canadian productions that uh, Nickelodeon just kind of purchased and distributed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Really the main synopsis of this show is that there's an invading species of or this an invading alien species that are like little ear, little wormy kind of or tick kind of things or whatever that kind of crawl into people's ears and uh, can control them. They have invaded and to help stop them, this one Andalite is what his species is, comes to Earth but is attacked and has to give the power of changing into an an, any animal that you can touch. He gives to these five different uh, human kids to help save the world from these evil yurks is what they're called. I watched three episodes, 100%. I don't know why I forgot because I did watch this show as a kid and I did read the series, not all of them, but I read a few of the books. Really, it kind of depend on what the animal was on the cover, but I kind of almost completely forgot about the whole alien angle, like the end of that where there was an invading species that, you know, they had to kind of save people from that. I kind of, I just kind of, for some reason, I mean, that's a huge part of the series and I just kind of forgot about it. Right. One thing I do like, I think it was in episode three, because I just watched the first three episodes. Uh, they're trying to figure out how to play this disc that one of the alien, the alien gives them early on. And there's, I think, a funny ass joke where uh, Marco says, you know, he's trying to type shit into the computer and like trying to make it work. 
And it's like, well, that's not going to work. And he said, well, it worked on Independence Day. And I, <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> laughed because it's like, yeah, on Independence Day, for some reason, they could just easily hack alien uh, software and hardware without without any problems. I just I thought that was kind of humorous. The production value for this show wasn't too high. I mean, for the time, it might have been okay, but it wasn't great. The aliens themselves didn't look anything special. They kind of looked cheesy. The morphing didn't look great. Honestly, the morphing wasn't even as good as, like, the Michael Jackson black or white morphing video that came out years and years before that. But obviously, I think there's a lot more money with Michael Jackson music videos than there are (laughs) uh, with Nickelodeon Canadian TV shows. So the morphing doesn't look fantastic, but... Uh, one thing I do want to bring up that I actually still kind of really like is the theme song. theme song is very kind of it almost is like late 90s christian rock is kind of of what it reminds me of but it's just kind of to me it's just kind of badass i i like the theme song for some reason i still kind of like it today but uh and then just one other thing i want to mention is i i don't really think at the time there was really much for teenage sci-fi shows that were going on in the late 90s um yeah there were some like horror shows like Goosebumps and stuff and there had been Are You Afraid of the Dark before that but I don't really remember too much like teenage sci-fi at the time for for preteens and teens and so you know I I was a nerd enough stuff that I I really enjoyed the the show I mean it's been a bunch of me talking about it because Mm -hmm. I was the one who watched this one and you didn't at all but what are your thoughts what are are your kind of takeaways from this being the first time that you watched uh, Animorphs I barely made it through one episode (laughs) <laughs> oh, did you watch the first one or did you watch something else? No, I watched the first one. By the time I was done, you know how you felt about me making you watch Baby Secret of the Lost Legend? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I felt about you making me watch Animorphs. It's not that bad, It was John. so bad. <sighs> it was so slow. It was so boring. I barely made it through the, the first episode and I thought, no, that's it. That's, well, the, that's the good first enough. episode, they're setting up everything. Of course, it's going to be a little bit slower. They're not into their, you know, anamorph abilities yet. You're not giving them enough time. Just the dialogue was weird and the aliens looked weird. Like, I, it, it, <laughs> I lost any desire to go on by the end of the first episode. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> this is, and probably because. You know, this is my nostalgia, but yeah. even rewatching it, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, the graphics aren't special, and it honestly, it kind of seems a little bit melodramatic at times. You know, teen-esque melodrama at some stuff, but the nostalgia was kind of flooding back. And honestly, I think <laughs> I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> I, I think, okay. I mean, it's not much of a commitment. It's only 26 episodes, and the feel, the show just feels so 90s to me, but like a way that I want to feel it again. You know, I, I, I just, I, you know, I, I just got over watching uh, Stranger Things season three and it was fantastic. A very full of, you know, 
fan service 80s going on in that show that now I kind of want some 90s fan service <laughs> and watching Animorphs kind of gave me some of that and so I I want to I want to rewatch it the only problem is it's not streaming anywhere uh, you have to either I think you can buy it or rent it on Amazon uh, you they have a lot of them on YouTube but the quality is really shitty on YouTube either you can I think you can buy all the DVDs for like 25 bucks which I'm not sure I want to do that but maybe I will because I kind of want to watch it in higher quality but like I'm going to watch it John <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to actually spend the time and rewatch Animorphs because I don't know it, it brings me back to animal loving Adam when he was a fucking like 13 year old kid and I just kind of I want to feel that again I want to feel that okay well, right. good for you. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, John didn't like it, but I loved it. I think if you guys enjoyed the show when you were kids, totally go back and rewatch it. And if you've never seen it, obviously stay the hell away from it. That would be the best bet. So, <laughs> yes, right. please. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by Gallery Furniture, a local store near Atlanta that Adam and John saw commercials all the time growing up in the 90s. Wolfman here. You've got to see the price to believe me. Gallery Furniture. Hey, Wolfman, where's Donna now? I'm in New York City, but I'll be back soon. Miss you. Well, Donna's gone. I'm dealing. Like this. Floor lamp, $19. Recliners, $88. Headboard, twin full or queen, $20. Four door chest. $39. That's Gallery Furniture, 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park, and 1600 Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. And hey, ask the wolf man. All right, and now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we are going to be recasting our version of a Teen Wolf movie. Uh, quite a few characters in this one. We're going to be doing, obviously, uh, Scott Howard, aka Teen Wolf. We're going to be doing his father, Harold. We're going to be doing Boof, Styles, Pamela, Mick. Mr. Thorne, and, for fun, Coach Finstock. Um, I, yes, there was a TV show. That they didn't go exactly. It looks like they took part, like, the, the idea from there. Um, but I believe in the TV show, like, you actually see the main character getting bit mm. by a werewolf. And so, uh, I don't know. I didn't watch it. It was on MTV. It was way past, you know, way past my time for that sort of teenage. It's like, it's like Teen Wolf. It's like Riverdale. But on MTV. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll kind of move backwards from that list. I kind of like what I did. This was actually, I thought this was a very hard uh, film to cast. Because mm-hmm. uh, you got to find that sort of, you know, late teen to early 20s kid to play the teenager. I don't know. Just kind of, I had a, a more difficult time with, oddly enough, I actually had a more difficult time with the older actors than I did with the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, some of these guys I've kind of reused actors I've used before. But I, you know, I, it's going to be inevitable. I don't think we can, yeah. we can. The only, the only, yeah. the only uh, type of ones that I do try to stay away from reusing anyone for is if we were uh, for casting like a Marvel, mm-hmm. a Marvel cast that I want to see in the MCU. I don't want to reuse anyone from there. Yep. So Coach Finstock is very small part, but I, you, I think you need someone who can kind of sell the so weird apathy I guess that the coach has mm-hmm. and uh i there was a lot of people who could have been in this and and maybe i cast a little bit higher than i would you know would have maybe taken the part but this guy's funny as shit so i thought it would work for my coach finstock i went with michael pena oh yeah 
Yeah, he would be funny. He'd be good, and I don't think he would be a... He's kind of short and somewhat... Well, he's not as round as he used to be. Uh, I think he's lost a little weight, but he, he probably would be yeah. a pretty shitty... And he's funny. He's got good good delivery on his lines. So yeah. I like that. I like that. Michael Pena is a is a solid choice because you can do a lot of different roles or a lot of different people for Coach Finstock. I just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I added him into this casting just because I liked his character so much and some of the lines he had. Right. So I actually, I kind of went with a somewhat, I would say similar-esque casting to you. I kind of okay. thought to myself, I wanted someone who was definitely funny, someone who I thought would be a hilarious basketball coach who obviously has no right probably kept coaching basketball because there's no way he is athletic. He is funny. I think he could also have some of the good apathy, um, and it would just be it'd be humorous to see him as a basketball coach for a team that sucks ass. I went with Aziz Ansari <laughs> as my coach for the basketball. You know it, what? As you were talking in my head, I, I went. I wonder if he went with Aziz Ansari. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it totally makes sense. They, I mean, it's kind of a similar. I think similar esque with Michael Pena. They kind of. I think they both could work in that role. No, I, I like that just fine. Cool. All right, so now we have uh, Vice Principal, Mr. Thorne. This one I actually had the most trouble with and was the last person I cast. Mm, yeah. Just because finding uh, finding someone, you know, I mean, you can pick an older person, but to me it still kind of has to it still has to work. He he needs to be mean when he's able to be mean, but then he has to show the vulnerability, yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. He's got to be able to act. Uh, being, scared of the, uh, being scared of the werewolves. So I settled on an actor who, you know, the, the vice principal in the movie was really tall. Mm-hmm. Initially, I was going to try and find a tall actor, but you, you know what? I, I just wanted to find a good actor. Yeah. Uh, I actually went with uh, someone who was big in the late 90s to early 2000s. He was on a very popular TV show. He's kind of made a resurgence. He was in the movie Get Out. Um, he recently was on the show The Handmaid's Tale, uh, but most well-known for playing jo- uh, Josh Lyman on The West Wing. I went with uh, Bradley Whitford. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, he would be pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I kind of remember him in um, Cabin in the Woods as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's done tons of different stuff. He's a good actor. Yeah, he would be, he could be, he could play a dick and a uh, kind of vulnerable-esque. He could, he could switch back and forth. I like that. Yeah, I I, I I had kind of a similar thing with you on like, do I need to get a tall actor? Because I I did like that Thorne was so much taller than right. uh, than Harold, and so like when Harold just kind of walked up to him and he was so much smaller uh, that he could still intimidate him. I I still I liked that ability. Yeah, but I kind of ended up throwing that out the window. Very similar to you, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but I do like. I do like Bradley Woodford. I was looking through different people, and I eventually found I was kind of looking through different character actors, just like you know, who are some who are some people that you know you've seen their faces a hundred times, uh, but you just don't may not know their name. Um, and I found the I found a guy that I was like, yes, you are my Mister Thorn. And then I saw he passed away in two thousand and twelve, two thousand and eleven, <laughs> and or sorry, two thousand and seventeen, I think it was. And I was like, God damn it. Uh, but he would have been for me. He would have been fantastic. Probably a little bit older than I need. For my thorn, but maybe not. It's actually probably fairly similar range. Uh, originally, I wanted to go with Miguel uh, Ferrer, and I thought he would have been fantastic. Oh, you would, you, yeah. rec- you recognize him from? Uh, he was in RoboCop, actually. Uh, so we might have mentioned him there. Yes, uh, he has been in a bunch of different stuff, and I think he would have just been. He would have been exactly what I wanted, but because he's passed, I have to move on to someone else. So I ended up shifting to someone who has played. A character who can definitely be intimidating, but at times, you know, is kind of like a really a bitch at some times as well. <laughs> He's fantastic. He was fantastic in the show Breaking Bad, and I think he could be a jerk when he really needs to be. I went with Dean Norris. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, I remember him from Total Recall. 
Uh, yes, yeah, he was in Total Recall as well. Uh, but yeah, he can play a he can play a, a good jerk. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I, I like that call. Cool. I think I I think I like your call a little bit more than Bradley Whitford, only because he looks the part. He does. Like, he, he looks, looks like he's gonna be an asshole. He looks. He looks like a principal. He looks like a principal. Maybe it's the bald head, and like a lot of principals just or yeah. vice principals feel like they should be should be bald. But he he's also you know he's also got the jerk thing down. So cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's uh, move on to Mick. Mick the dick. <laughs> Mick the dick. Uh, the asshole. I just went with a kid who looked like he could be intimidating. Um, I don't really know too much about this uh, this kid, but he's he's on several you know series that have done well. So he's obviously doing something right because you know he's getting work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he kind of looks similar enough. To the original Mick that I think they could play it. Um, he's on Riverdale. He was on uh, American Horror Story, and he was on Glee. I think for a season or maybe even just an episode or so. Uh, but his name is Charles Melton. Oh, that's a good-looking kid. He definitely looks like he could be a Mick asshole. He could be a Mick the Dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he could absolutely be a Mick the Dick. Nice. That's a good call. I haven't seen Riverdale or anything else that he's done, but that seems like a right call from the way he looks. He looks very Mickish. I, I'm going based all solely on look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went with also a, a dick character. My guy played a fantastic asshole. Uh, you really enjoyed to hate him, but you kind of, in, but you also hated to love him in both Stranger Things season two and three. And I know you you haven't really watched Stranger Things. I don't believe, nope. right? Okay. Fantastic show. Oddly enough, it's my six-year-old daughter's favorite show. You let her watch that shit, John? There's some there's some I, intense I uh, didn't violence. let her watch it. Okay. I didn't let her watch it. <laughs> you're blaming you're blaming your wife on that one? I I've never watched the show. Okay. No, All my right. my wife showed that to her and that's been like the show that they've bonded over. Okay. All right. Well, my actor played a, a definite bully in that show, and he was definitely intimidating and scary in this last season. Uh, his name is Dacker Montgomery, and I think he would be a fantastic dick. I mean, mostly from his portrayal of Billy in Stranger Things. Oh yeah, yeah. He looks the part. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'd be great in it. Yeah. Well, I'd recommend if you want to watch Stranger Things, John, you'll see him in his full dick glory, and uh, <laughs> and I think you'd maybe you'd agree with that as well. To date, I have seen one full episode of Stranger Things, and it was the season two finale. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only one. All right, so uh, let's uh, jump to uh, Mick's other half, Pamela. Coincidentally, my Pamela also uh, was on the recent uh, season of Stranger Things. Mm. There's a lot of ways you could go, but I thought this uh, actress had a, had a good look for it. Uh, she, I think she's getting some kind of kudos from her performance this season, so... I'm sure she'd work. Uh, I went with the actress Maya Hawk. You okay? Maya Hawk as your Pamela. Yeah, she did quite good in season three of Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, she played Robin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I literally just finished Stranger Things last night, ah. uh, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she was she was good. She was uh, co the coworker of Scoops Ahoy. Uh, I really like. I did like her portrayal quite a bit. That's a that's an interesting call. I don't know okay. if I with I don't know if I agree with it, but I think it's an interesting call. Okay. Okay. For my Pamela, Pamela is a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I try not to use that word too much, but she is an utter bitch in this show. Uh, and so I went with an actress who's also, she's also very attractive and she's supposed to be very attractive. So I went with, with an actress who I think, yeah, can still play 
high school. She's still in that range. Most of my people, I think, were similar to you. I kind of stuck with the 20 to 25 range for most of my high school actors. And this one is, she's probably the biggest name, uh, not in the, not in all of my casting, but she's definitely probably a bigger name than maybe who would take this role. Uh, but she played a, I thought she was a complete bitch in the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, but she's attractive. Uh, and I think she could definitely play the role. I went with Sophie Turner as my Pamela. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see her in that role. Yeah. Cool. 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 I don't hate that. Okay. Awesome. Let's move on to styles. This one, I'll admit, I'm little, I'm not as confident on in my choice mm-hmm. for Styles because Styles is such a specific personality. Yeah, that I had a hard time finding someone that I thought would match that. Yeah, I agree. I ended up settling on uh, a guy who um, has done a little, has done some comedy. So I'm hoping that. He can channel that. And it kind of has a little bit of a unique look to him. But he's been in a lot of things that weren't necessarily comedies. He was in The Maze Runner. He was in Chronicles of Narnia. But he was in a comedy in 2013 with Jennifer Aniston called We're the Millers. And I went with the actor Will Poulter. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Will Poulter is a good actor. I Actually, I think I remember him best from Son of Rambo, which is a kind of an interesting movie that I do own. I have it on the DVD a lot from mid-2000s or something. Yeah, I like that. He could totally play that part. I think he's, he's a good enough actor for it. So it's a good call. Okay. My styles, uh, I mean, to be somewhat blatant, I felt there was a lot of white person representation in this movie so i wanted to at least get some mixed up that's why i kind of had aziz ansari or other i probably could have done more and probably should have done more but um i wanted to to have uh styles be some type of non-white person for sure um right. and i was, wasn't really sure who i wanted but i ended up going with just kind of looking through lists of you know who are uh, really good actors between that 20 to 25 range that i think could still play high school uh and he did a powerful hell of a job uh, acting in the movie Moonlight, uh, I went with uh, this actor Ashton Sanders. I think you know he could probably play cool just fine. Uh, he seems like a good enough actor who could take this kind of role and just kind of do whatever he wanted with it. Because um, I think you could have a lot of different stuff. But uh, anyway, I went with Ashton Sanders as my styles. I don't think I've actually seen anything he's been in. I haven't seen Moonlight. Okay. I mean that's a um, I mean that's an intense drama, um, yeah. so it's not really a good it's it's not really a good carryover for this role. I, I just I don't know why I haven't really don't think I've cast him before and wanted to okay to get a little bit different kind of representation. So that's fine. Uh, I have no basis for okay. any opinion on him. All right. So I'll just say good job. Okay, <laughs> I'll take the good job. All right, and so now we're going to go to Boof. Boof, an interesting name. I'm curious how she got the name Boof. We don't find out her real name at all. Apparently, the character of Boof was based on a real person that one of the writers went to high school with, and her real name was Boof. Oh, okay. (laughs) This one, I also just kind of went with someone who I thought looked like they might work. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why I didn't put too much into this one, Uh, but... Uh, this young lady uh, had a, has a movie that came out in 2014 where she played uh, she played opposite of Maisie Williams in a movie called The Falling, mm. and she's going to be in the upcoming Black Widow movie. Apparently, I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she might be playing uh, young Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, maybe. I don't know. I'm not really hyped about this Black Widow movie being a prequel. Yeah, um, I would much rather it just be a continuation or a side story. I I don't I don't need to see where Black Widow came from. But spoiler alert, 
Black Widow's dead. I know. <laughs> so so it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense for this movie to happen. Okay, well, I'm just uh, saying, so we can't, we it, can't have... It should, it should have already happened. That's the problem. It's very true. We, sh- we should have gotten one. We should have gotten one right after Iron Man 2, after she was introduced. Yeah. Um, yeah or she, immediately she, after uh, the first Avengers. It, it should have been one of those two. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was long overdue, and it feels like they're trying to play catch up. And and to me, it's too little, too late. Uh-huh. And this is just because I have an absolute hatred of prequels <laughs> that come out well after when they're supposed to. Okay. So anyway, back on track. I went with the actress Florence Pugh, or Florence Pugh. Sorry. I can't say I've really seen much that she's worked on. Uh, she was in the movie What Midsummer that came out this year. I heard some good stuff about that. She definitely looks like she'd be okay in the part. I mean, I don't really know much of her work, so but I'll, I'll give you. Uh, she was in what Fighting with Our Family, which I heard was actually a pretty decent comedy that also came out this year. But yeah, I don't really know. Okay, her, but I will give you an okay. Okay, <laughs> that's right. right. I'm giving myself an okay on that yeah. one. So <laughs> okay, so. My boof is someone that I was really excited for, and I think she would be a perfect boof because I think she also can play the, you know, uh, you don't need your boof to be, like, super gorgeous. And not to say this actress is not very attractive. Sorry, I didn't mean to say this. I'd be like a dick here. Um, but, like, <laughs> Pamela, Pamela is the one who should be, like, the overtly hot, attractive one. Uh, and boof should be attractive, but also be, like, the next-door neighbory kind of type of person. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went with an actress who I find definitely attractive, but also feels like she could be a fantastic like next door neighbor type. And she did a great job in season three of Stranger Things. And for some reason, you <laughs> cast her as Pamela. I went with Maya Hawk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's that's why I thought uh, your your casting for Pamela was only okay. As like eh, I don't really I don't really think of her in that role because I see her as a boof character. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Yeah, same actress, different roles. We we haven't had something similar in a while, so yeah, no, we have not. We will have to take it. All right, all right, moving on down. We got a couple more left. We've got uh, the Howard family, so we're mm-hmm. gonna start with the father, Harold. So I picked my Harold based on who my Scott was. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, as did I. I looked around. I, I looked at a few different people, but I settled on uh, someone who. Uh, I've seen in a couple of of movies. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but he was in the movie Slumdog Millionaire, and more recently he was in Jurassic World. Um, But he's actually a well-known Indian actor by the name of Irfan Khan. I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly. Okay, yeah, no, he's a guy you've seen in a ton of different stuff. Yeah, I definitely recognize him, uh, probably mostly from Slumdog Millionaire and, yeah, and Jurassic World. But, yeah, he was good in both, both of those movies. He's particularly good in Slumdog Millionaire. I'm okay with that. I think he would be a good enough actor for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. I like him. I like him, John. Cool. So, yeah. Similarly, I picked my uh, Harold Howard based on my Scott Howard. I think my actor, he's he's too big for this role, but I don't care. I want him <laughs> in this role, and he's going to do it because I said so. And uh, he's fantastic. I think he'd have to put on just a little bit of weight because I like, I like how gentle and kind of like basic Harold Howard is you know like the dad he's he is very he's like a sweet guy my actor was a little bit too 
lean and too much of a dick. He's a little bit, he would be mixed father really well if he stayed playing the Tony Stark that he has always played for the last like 10 plus years. But I want him to cool down. He's a good enough actor. I know he could do it. I want him to chill out and maybe maybe put on a little dad bod and uh, be my Harold Howard. I went with Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was unexpected. Yeah. Unexpected. I mean, I mean, shit, RDJ, he can't really, you know, he's proved to us that he can do anything he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of, kind of has. So yeah, I can't really argue with that. Okay. I'll take, I'll take your non-argument. I think, I think yours, yours is probably a little bit more plausible (laughs) than mine, (laughs) but whatever. A man, a man can hope. That's right. Uh, sorry. So my, uh, Scott. So, uh, as you notice, I actually went with an Indian actor for the dad. Mm -hmm. My Scott uh, actor is not actually Indian, but he does have that kind of complexion. But he plays so well I on TV. It, I, I, I maybe I don't know I what guess, the yeah. what I what I remember him from the most. It doesn't say what he is per se, but he has that kind of complexion. So I thought it would be a nice sort of twist to do that because then you could maybe I I don't know I don't think that obviously there's not really wolves per se in India not that I know of I but is. you could play some sort of sort of uh, hereditary thing from that side and it's funny that I said the word hereditary because that was a movie he was recently in um, mm-hmm. but I best know him as sort of the nerdy guy from the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle uh, he played uh, young Spencer and I, I went with the aptly named Alex Wolf okay yeah I remember I mean I, I remember Welcome to the Jungle. I liked that movie. Yeah, I think so. I think he, I mean, he's a good cast for this one. I mean, being, uh, you know, the lead kid in uh, mm-hmm. Welcome to the Jungle, I think makes sense. And, you know, he can, he can tie this one. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a solid choice. Okay. Uh, and just so you know, there are wolves in Indian. The Indian wolf is Canis lupus palipus. Uh, okay, yeah, cool. It's a subspecies of gray wolf uh, in South Southwest Asia and, uh, in, and in the Indian subcontinent, so. Uh, cool. So then, then they right. could kind of tie that into yeah the hereditary heredit heredity yeah hereditary yeah. that's how I Heredi- pronounce it. Well, I don't know. And so, you know, anyway. if we're going if we're going kind of Indian wolf stories, you have the whole kind of Mowgli Jungle Book kind of thing. He was raised by wolves, so so they have to yeah. have Indian wolves there. So there, there we, we go. go. All right. Uh, I like it. I think that I think that totally can work. I'm totally happy with that choice. Uh, I think he was a good actor, so I think that would make sense. My actor, I think, is a little bit bigger of a name. I picked him. I wasn't. I was about to go with Asa Butterfield, who was kind of like a nerdy looking kind of kid. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he's in the early 20s now. But Asa Butterfield is about six feet tall. And so I wanted someone who was shorter than that. I think you couldn't right. you couldn't get the meekness from <laughs> having someone who's over six feet. So I went with someone who is shorter. And he's like 5'8", who is my actor. And he's definitely a big name. And he was just, well, he's in a, he was just in a movie that just came out, which I still haven't seen yet, but I need to. But before that, he had a small part in a movie that was about time travel uh, that was called Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I went with Tom Holland as my Scott Howard. And that's why I fucking dropped the mic with Robert Downey Jr. as the dad, because they were a perfect fucking father-son couple. And I want them fucking <laughs> back in my Teen Wolf. And I think they would be a great uh, father-son duo uh, for my Teen Wolf. So I went, yeah, I went Tom, Tom Holland. <laughs> I will be honest with you. My first instinct was Tom Holland, but I've cast him so many times, so I kind of stopped, pulled back on the him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's a valid reason. He gives off that sort of Michael J. Fox vibe. Yeah. So I can totally see it. Um, and actually, I have also not seen Spider-Man. We're actually going in about an hour to go see oh, it. Oh, nice. I want to go. Damn it, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I, I like that call because that was I had that initial thought, too. 
mm-hmm. and uh, I just I just decided to spear away from it because I've already cast him like three or four times. In yeah, stuff. I know. So, I think I have two, but I don't I don't care. It's just who I wanted. That's the thing is I I that was the thought I had too was, mm-hmm. God damn, Tom Holland would be good for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I so. think I think your adjustment works well as well. So good stuff. So solid castings. Uh, nothing too you know crazy. Yeah. Other than we crazy. both liked Maya Hawk quite a bit. Just we yeah. saw her in different styles. There are different yes. types of sh- of. Uh, I didn't see Stranger Things, so I I went solely kind of based on look on okay. a lot of this. Also, I did all of my casting yesterday. Okay. <laughs> after I had come in from a 11-hour flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So. so fair enough. All right, and that was our recasting of a Teen Wolf movie. Please join us next time for another album review episode. Adam and John go over the 1992 metal album, Meantime, by the band Helmet. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows from your childhood, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.